Hello and welcome to the manifesto. I'm James Menage and I'm joined here tonight as usual with, by, uh, by Nick Toby. Say hi Nick and just introduce yourself. Hi there guys, yes, Nick Toby from soulcraft.com.au. Glad to be with you this evening. Good to have you along, Nick. Um, I'm, I'm James from ManUp, uh, manupproject.com.au. And tonight we are going to be talking uh, about violent crime. Um, and the, I, th I think, you know, the, the, the cause of it, and hopefully we'll, you know, and obviously, you know, what we're seeing in the news at the moment is, uh, is, is, is of all of the repercussions. Uh, and you know, there's a there's quite a few young men being quite seriously injured uh, on our streets uh, and in our nightclubs and night spots around you know Australia and around the world, and not just injured, but some are actually uh, being killed um, in you know ending up in a coma. And I think there was a there was a case recently over the New Year period um, where where a man's actually just had his life support uh, machine turned off. So obviously a really serious uh, hot topic at the moment uh, on the news uh, and in the media. So, but I think, you know, myself and Nick have actually, uh, you know, realized that there's just a lot of, a lot of anger being shown towards the perpetrators, which, you know, is understandable, um, but not a lot of talk about the cause and, you know, why are men actually engaging in these types of behavior? And so hopefully tonight we'll be able to talk, you know, maybe a little bit about, um, you know, the causes, uh, both, you know, interior psychological, psycho-emotional causes, but also, you know, maybe more external causes and looking at, um, you know, things like drugs and alcohol and other, you know, laws and legislations and pub opening times and those other things that, you know, do... Do, do relate to uh, this problem that we're seeing on our streets and that, you know, really needs to be addressed because, yeah, it's, it, it's not good, is it, Nick? It's not at all, mate. It's not at all. And, um, I mean, yeah, like as you, as you, as you said there, there was the, the recent case. It is a, I mean, it is a very, here in Australia, it's a very current topic. It's all over the media. Um, politicians are getting right on the bandwagon and speaking about it, and rightly so, but um, I, I personally believe a lot of the attention is not really being placed at the causal factors rather than, uh, and is, is very keen to p put the blame on particular individuals or partic particular sections of society, and where I think there's, you know, it's not, that's not the full story, we need, and we do, we need to ask some of these questions, why? Why are people being violent, particularly young men? But it's not just young men either. You know, we're seeing a much, uh, we're seeing much more violence among women, um, and also we're seeing a lot more uh, alcohol abuse amongst young women. Um, so they're all obviously very linked factors, but there's something underneath which isn't being addressed, and I think that's a conversation that just needs to start happening. People need to start be, uh, asking those difficult questions. Why is society uh, perpetuating these sorts of behaviours? Um, and what can we do about it as individuals rather than just pointing the finger at everybody else? They're all the bad people. Um, and, you know, what's, I mean, this particular case that's really fresh in the news at the moment, the um, d poor Daniel Christie, 18 year old 
lad out New Year's Eve with his friends up in King's Cross, a very popular night spot in Sydney. Um, and all of a sudden gets hit up the side of the head by, uh, um, you know, the, the photos of the, of the perpetrator, Sean McNeil. He's a big guy. He's uh, very muscular. He's all allegedly during the incident, he was talking about how he was a, a professional MMA fighter. Um, so he's obviously doing a bit of work to perfect his violence and mm. his strength and his technique. And unfortunately, Daniel was uh, the victim of that and the the receiving end of that. And he was, you know, he was a innocent bystander in what was a previous altercation. Um, but um, well, firstly, this uh, the the perpetrator, Sean McNeil, he's now looking at murder charges uh, and potential life imprisonment. So after a very stupid mistake out out on the town on New Year's Eve, um, a very uh, compulsive and aggressive act and totally out of order, um, his life is totally ruined. He's now going to be uh, in jail for the rest of his life. He's going to be... Uh, Look, you know, he's gonna he's got a long time to look at his actions, but also he's got a long time to um, potentially become a much more uh, aggressive, angry criminal. Um, I don't personally believe that uh, long-term prison sentences are the answer. They don't um, repatriate people. They don't uh, help necessarily. It might be a nice, uh, comforting idea to get a, a violent perpetrator off the streets for 20, 20 30 years. Um, but I don't know that it necessarily helps the issue. Um, obviously, it's an extremely, extremely tragic uh, incident. Um, and yes, it is an accident. He definitely wasn't intending on killing him. Obviously, he was his actions uh, were out of order. But um, anyway, I mean, obviously we don't know the ins and outs. All we do know is is what we see in the media, and the media has its way of of uh, portraying certain um, sides of the story. But um, so what do you think is going on underneath the bonnet? Uh, I think we're looking at uh, it's a, it's a multifaceted issue that we we got to look at. Well, firstly, you know why? Let's if we're talking about men because. Let's face it, it is predominantly men that are violent. Um, and it's um, obviously the victims of violence are, pre are predominantly male, too. Obviously, we've, we have female victims as well, and they may make up a, a, a fairly decent proportion of the statistics. But around 60% of victims of violence are male. Um, and around 80% of the perpetrators are, are male. Um, so, of course, we've got basic biological drives. You know, we are, as a man, we are uh, loaded with testosterone. Uh, testosterone is the fight it or fuck it um, chemical that we do. <laughs> we do have, and it gets us into trouble, and we make mistakes. And obviously, we can't look at that as being, okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a male, I've got testosterone, therefore I'm not accountable for my actions. But we, it's not about that at all. I'm just 
trying to shed some light on, you know, these drives are there. You know, on a biological level, we do have the testosterone drive. But what I see, um, and you'll probably see it within the fitness industry, there's a lot of, I've seen it around a lot of people taking um, uh, supplements with extra testosterone and actually trying to uh, produce more testosterone. So, and of course, then you've got, you know, steroid use and or those uh, more illegal substances, which obviously make and are known to make people much more aggressive. Um, then, so on a biological level, we've got those issues, but on a, on a cultural level, of course, we've got a massive issue around binge drinking. Um, the younger age group people are, we see in a much more, um, much more prevalence around the younger age group getting, getting on the drink much more heavily, but not only that, they're, they're preloading before they go out. They're buying cheaper alcohol drinks from the, from the shops, preloading before they go out so they don't spend all their money on the $10 drinks when they get out there. So mm. they're already half cut by the get out there. But, I, you know, I don't think that's a new thing. <laughs> um, I know. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I know that was something I used to do. Um, but uh, <clears throat> also we've got the, the fact, which we didn't have when we were kids, we've got the fact that people are mixing alcoholic drinks with stimulants, with energy drinks, you know. Um, you, can buy, you can buy energy drinks on tap or, uh, across the counter in lots of, um, lots of pubs and clubs in, in Sydney. I'm sure it's the same around the world, um, where you mix energy drinks with, with alcohol you're playing with fire, you know, you're not, not only are you being stimulated by the alcohol, you're being stimulated by caffeine and, and sugar. And of course the energy levels are just right up there. Uh, so if the energy levels are up there, of course the, you're a firecracker waiting to go off, put in the mix. And I think this is where the real cause of the problem is where we really need to, to, to have a deep, deep look uh, there's emotional stuff. I think we have a society which is totally stressed. When you look at men, we're not necessarily built to commune. We're not necessarily built to, um, to, to, to find good groups of friends who support each other. Not necessarily uh, encouraged to do that. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of the, the cultural um, norms that we've grown up with, um, that's definitely seen as being a more the, the women's, uh, the female arena is, you know, talking about our problems. Um, so if we've got, if we've got a, a generation of, of young men, then put into the other, another factor that we can put into it is the fact that, you know, what we were talking about last week, that we don't have the, a great deal of male role models, uh, good male role models to actually help bring these young men into manhood. Mm-hmm. So they're self-initiating. Um, they're through alcohol, through drugs, through violence, mm-hmm. uh, through attachment to, to, to gangs, possibly, um, that's to gain that sense of belonging. 
there's no healthy initiations to to actually come up into manhood into an, a maturity which is healthy which is respectful which is in uh, of integrity um so of course you put all those in the mix it's a recipe for disaster so i i believe that's what we're starting to see it's it's more than just an alcohol issue of course it's an alcohol issue but what's behind that why are people drawn to go out and binge drink you know what is it they're trying to find through binge drinking i think in australia particularly we've got we've obviously got a very uh very strong and prevalent drinking culture alcohol culture um i think in the west we are we we actually per capita we have the the biggest alcohol related violence um problem in the west um i think U- the uk is just a bit ahead of us uh surprisingly we're more violent than america but yet we see um you know we always see america in the news headlines and it's always pointed at america to being more violent but also what we've talked about previously is that we you know we on a cultural level we're we're expected men are expected to be violent we're actually encouraged to be violent mm-hmm. because you know we are we are the section of society that is expected to go to war you know how how can we how can we promote a peaceful manhood and then expect him to to go and fight for his country um and and to do that without questioning <laughs> i'm not saying that's a right the right way to look at it but it, you know the, we we have to examine some of these questions don't we yeah we do and it's um you know it's uh, and we you know just leading on from what you've just said i mean you know men are decorated and celebrated you know for their for their violence for their violence know? Uh, you know, we're given uniforms, we're given medals, um, and you know that's quite scary to sort of think that we're bringing our boys up, um, and you know the the message, the traditional message of masculinity in our society, which still you know has a is is, is a very big meme within our society or you know value or worldview is one that of masculinity is one that is dominance over others. Um, and whether that means psychologically, emotionally, or physically, which is what we're seeing on the streets, then you know that's the message that boys are taking home. And as you say, it's almost like a some kind of dysfunctional rites of passage, modern day rites of passage for boys to be out. And you know that's how they prove prove their self worth. So it's it's pretty worrying. Um, and you know, I think I just wanted to sort of preface um, you know what I'm going to say with with a book called uh, the better angels of our nature by a guy called steve pinker uh who's actually extensively researched violence you know in in our history and in our you know in in our culture now as well and uh as much as i haven't read it i've read a uh, you know i've heard lots of reviews about it and it's it's actually saying that violence has decreased um as we've gone on so i just wanted to preface that and i know that you know the media can blow these things out of proportion and it's you know but but it's a problem you know we need to address it but i think it's important that we keep a, you know that perspective uh, on 
on the talk that we're doing tonight and on the things that we're seeing in the media as well. So, well, when, yeah, just, me, just stop you there for a second, mate. Um, I guess when I, I agree, violence has decreased when you look at humanity over a long term. But mm. what we, one thing I need to add in there is that the, the violence has actually increased when we look at um, the postmodern era, violence has increased by 5% a year. Mm-hmm. which is it's been on a steady increase 5% per year when the population increase has been about 1%. Violence, violent crime, assault has increased by 5% a year since 1995. Okay. Um, so that's fairly significant. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, I mean, I guess the book is kind of talking about warfare and, you know, I mean, if you if you, if you go back a few thousand years ago, you know, it wasn't unusual for your average Joe to get knocked off, uh, you know, by the powers that be for stepping out of line. But, um, you know, I still, yeah. So, so I mean, for me, it kind of all comes down to, you know, evolution and, you know, maturing as a, you know, as a man or, you know, from boy psychology, you know, into, into man psychology. And, you know, there's lots of different aspects of that. You know, we can't just, you know, boil it down just to one thing. It's, you know, it's growth in, in in all areas of life, and yeah. So for me, it's the more evolved we become, the the less violent, you know, the less violent we become, and the less reason we see uh, violence as being, uh, you know, a way of, uh, you know, solving our problems. Yeah. Uh, and as yeah. we, you know, as we've seen, it's interesting that you talk about the postmodern era because I think that's. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of where, you know, violence is actually sort of being, you know, we're outgrowing it uh, in a sense. But obviously there's this kind of, you know, still traditional, uh, you know, macho jerk underculture, you know, which is still very prevalent, you know, and mixing that with, you know, all of the all of the gains that we've made in 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 postmodern eras, you know, around availability of, you know, drug, I wouldn't say gains, but, you know, all of those sort of areas that you know you know have increased and improved you know along with that comes you know increased availability of things like steroids uh, and it was interesting you know uh, other drugs you know illegal recreational drugs like cocaine uh, methamphetamine as well i think and all, all of those you know as you've mentioned are heavily linked into increased aggression and you know, I've, I've i've just ordered a book as well from amazon which is called super normal stimuli as well, which is, you know, about how we've, um, you know, how uh, how we've kind of, we've, we've been placed into a culture, but with our old physiology and how it's just a complete mismatch in a sense, but how now that we've got access to, you know, things like steroids, which are actually kind of amplifying um, our testosterone levels and, our, you know, and, and subsequently our aggression. So it's, yeah, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty worrying. And but for me, it kind of, yeah, as, as you said, it, you know, it does boil down back into, um, you know, the individual and, you know, culturally, what can we do, you know, as, as men, and you know, and, and what can we do to kind of really, you know, bring people along, you know, and it could, ultimately, you know, if we're looking at violence, you know, not just street violence, you know, we're also looking at violence amongst, you know, different societies and different cultures, different religions. You know, this isn't just a this isn't just a um, 
just you know just 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 an individual thing in in night spots this is going on all over the world and just on larger scales and so i think it's important as as well to look at potentially what you know what we are facing in the future with regards to you know a tipping point and a, and a real turning point in human consciousness where we you know move into uh, an, an integral era you know out of a postmodern era and for the first time uh, ever in the history of humanity is that we're actually you know once people move into this integrated stage of development then they're going to accept every stage that's come before it and uh, you know they won't try and change uh, those different, you know, they won't try and change your worldview, you know, if, you know, if your worldview was what came before the integrated stage of development. So, you know, world peace becomes a distinct possibility, but that will distill down into the individuals as well. So, so that's, that's probably the, you know, the, the positive side of what's going on at the moment. Um, but that tipping point is all reliant on, you know, everyone engaging in, you know, developmental work and, you know, evolution and, uh, and, and those kinds of things. So, so yeah, that's. I mean, that would be that would be my sort but of. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally in agreement with you. Um, but how do you how do you then, as a, of course, you know, who who is it who's making the the decisions and making the rules and making the the laws and the and the reg, rules and regulations around uh, around creating those societal changes. I mean, it's not so long ago that we we actually, as a society, shifted our worldview around smoking, mm -hmm. you know? And nowadays, it's just accepted that you can't smoke indoors, you can't smoke in the pub, and you're actually, you know, for the most part, you're fairly ostracized as a smoker. Um, and you have to go outside. You can't be in here where all the fun's being had. You have to go outside. You know that happened really quickly. Mm -hmm. When you look at uh, how, I mean, when we were young, I remember driving in the car with my mum and my dad smoking in the car, and the windows up in England, it's freezing cold, and I can't breathe. You know, it's absolutely yeah. disgusting. Um, and being in the cinema. And seeing the smoke going up in <laughs> in the in front of the projector, you know, yeah. that just seems so alien, doesn't it? So it's so we there's an example of how when a shift in in worldview can actually be introduced by politics, by the government, by the rules and regulation, then we can actually see we can actually change culture. Um, so there needs to be the same sort of change in culture can actually occur through rules and regulations being changed around alcohol. Absolutely. We can definitely start. I mean, there was a, a recent uh, uh, trial undertaken in Newcastle where they actually reduced um, the opening hours uh, for a certain in a certain area of Newcastle in New South Wales. They reduced the opening hours where everybody had to uh, all venues had to be closed at 2 p.m. Uh, 2 a.m. And they saw a 30% reduction in violent crime over a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. So you can see straight away that has an effect. Mm -hmm. But who doesn't like that? The liquor industry. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so which hold a hell of a lot of power in government uh, and uh, pay a lot of taxes. 
So the the, the liquor industry, uh, unfortunately, has far too much power and influence over the lawmakers. Um, but if we obviously those if those rules and regulations can change, then we can start to address some of those issues. But that's not where the story should end. It should be okay. What is it? What is underneath there? Yes, we've dealt with part of the issue. Um, we've dealt with um, you know it's looking at the, the lower right quadrant in the in the aqua model. In the um, we, we've looked at how we can change the systems to to help people deal with uh, with their own self and what's actually going on in the in the internal. And we can look back on. Um, the upper left and the upper right, you know, what's going on on a cultural level, what's going on on, a, on an internal level um, to, to men as individuals, but not only men, because it's not just men, I mean, but obviously we need, it's, it's a societal issue. Um, but when we see, obviously, when the numbers tell us that men are more violent than women, but we're seeing that gap actually reduce. We're starting to see that gap reduce as women are taking on more, much more of a masculine role in society. You know, their their roles are changing. Uh, their behaviours around alcohol are changing. Their behaviours around violence are changing. You know, it, I mean, you see quite well if you if you look for it, it's very easy to find uh, some really shocking and disturbing um, video footage of of girls filming girls fighting each other you know um girls standing around a fight between two girls um where you you've got girls you know not they're not scratching they're not pulling hair they're really going at it you know the vi the level of violence is much more than what we've seen previously um so there's an issue there's something going on there there's something going on there i don't know if i have all the answers i definitely don't have all the answers but there's big questions that need to be asked. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll throw this one throw my hat with regards to that you know, talking from an evolutionary view, that women have certainly, um, I don't know, I mean, you know, like when the men were away hunting uh, and away for days on end, potentially, um, you know, trying to feed the uh, feed the feed the tribe, as it were, then. You know, women were actually, you know, extremely capable of, uh, you know, of protecting, you know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the uh, the tribe, tribal area, uh, and especially the children as well. Um, so, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not saying that's, uh, you know, that's, but you know, but but maybe at some level, it's it's in them, uh, you know, to to, oh, to of be, course. Like, of course. and obviously, obviously, the alcohol is just kind of, you know. Fueling that and uh, and bringing that up and up and out a little bit more. So um, yeah, it's, we uh, all have the potential to be absolutely uh, atrociously violent. You know, we we can be the most evil. Every one of us has the potential within us to be the most evil and sick serial killer that there can possibly be. Um, mm. No doubt about that. Mm. It's just what is between that drive and the action, the behaviour. Yeah, you know, yeah. we all have the potential, but we're not all act behaving that way. You know, I, I've been violent in my past. You know, I was in, I, in my teenage years, I was definitely uh, had some, some, some rough moments there. Um, 
during you know I joined the navy. <laughs> Not much point, purpose, much other purpose in the armed forces than violence, really. And of course, that's a culture that which is very much encouraged within within the armed forces, as you know. You know, um, it's that type of masculine. Uh, it's all about proving oneself, isn't it? I mean, you talked about the the transition from boy psychology to man psychology, um, and when you talk archetypally, the boy uh, within the boy psychology is the the hero, the archetype of the hero, and the hero is all about proving himself, and the shadow of the hero is the bully or or the weakling. Um, so. An, un, an imbalanced boy who's trying to act out the hero, he he behaves in a way which is a well. Obviously, if we see it more more um, externally, then he is is bullying other people. You know, the the person who wants to be a bully is only doing that out of his own or her own insecurity, trying to make themselves feel bigger, stronger, better, more worthy. Um, but when the the hero transitions into maturity and he becomes a man, the hero then becomes the warrior, and the energy of the warrior, the archetype of the warrior, is isn't about proving oneself. He doesn't need to prove himself. He's to he knows his capability. He knows how powerful he is, but he doesn't abuse that power. He doesn't use it until it's absolutely necessary. And that is only in order to protect himself or protect the, the kingdom, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, 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 the warrior is all about, he, he, he knows his limitations. He knows how far he can take it. He knows the right amount of aggression to use in the right situation. And he's totally and utterly mastered his own emotion. So he doesn't act emotionally, he just acts out of action, you know, and he uses the different aspects of his intellect, of his intuition, of his, of his heart as well as his power to actually cut to the chase and get shit done. <laughs> but the hero, the immature version of the warrior, which is the hero, and often what we see in, in these violent cases is the imbalanced hero, the bully, um, he's is totally acting out of out of his own shame about who he is, trying to prove something. Yeah, it boils down to that self worth, doesn't it? That yeah. you posted an article recently on uh, on Facebook around you know how how in this postmodern era we're really neutralising childhoods um, and you know not allowing boys to go on that you know on that internal archetypal journey into you know from boyhood into manhood and you know things things like you know having victory and experiencing defeat uh, as a boy yeah. is really important for you know psychology moving forwards and how i read on one of those articles that they're like in some schools or sports teams they're not even scoring games anymore until they're you know uh, until they're over 14 years old i mean it's pathetic yeah. absolutely pathetic and yeah. uh, you know we wonder why I guess maybe you know where you know we're we're not starting off boys on the on the right footing, and you know their risk management of situations is totally skewed. Um, these soft play areas, you know, which pass you know OH and S or health and safety regulations, 
um, are actually creating more accidents uh, and more injuries, you know, from from you know from play than than the than the less safe um, you know sort of uh, playgrounds before that. So I think because they're bored. <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah, bored. Because there's no risk involved, and that's one of the things that testosterone, you know, that's creating us is risk taken. And you know, it's important. I think that we do, you know, maybe break an arm, scratch ourselves, you know, you know, potentially, you know, accidentally hurt other people. So we can see the, uh, yeah, to get hurt, but to also see the consequences of, of our actions yep. and what that can do, and you know how that interrelates to. You know that real interpersonal space as well, and and, and the fallout of physical uh, accidents, and you know, uh, and, and what that does to someone else, and that really builds our cognitive intelligence and our perspective taking, uh, and ultimately our you know, and and our emotional intelligence and our empathetic skills as That's well. That's exactly so, where, what I was just going to say. That our, our our capacity for empathy, that is one thing I think which is uh, particularly lacking. In, in in boys and in men, you know, I mean, we are coming back down to the the, the, the biological uh, perspective. We we the on a on a neuroscientific basis, our uh, higher testosterone actually blocks the love drug, the oxytocin. Um, so the more testosterone we have, the less oxytocin we can have. So our our capacity for, to make connections with others is reduced so the more i'm feeling feeling you know the the drive to fight it or fuck it then the less i'm actually capable of making meaningful connections with others and empathizing and having that capacity to see okay my actions are going to possibly cause this person this sort of feeling or this sort of feeling you know maybe this person the way they're looking is telling me that they're feeling afraid or they're feeling angry, you know. So I'm, I, we we don't necessarily have that capacity. And and as you were just alluding to, you know, the the if we're not allowed as young boys to 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 hurt others, to have that rough and tumble play, which is a total and utter natural part of growing up as a boy and needs to be encouraged um, within healthy boundaries. Um, if if we don't if we're not allowed to experience that, then we don't understand our own power. We don't understand how I have the potential to actually really hurt somebody, uh, and how it feels to be really hurt too. Yeah, and also like looking at the superhero play as well that boys you know very very naturally grow into, and you know the courage that they get from that, and the risk taking that they take as well, and it's. Um, you know, something else that I guess in the postmodern era that we're really trying to, you know, neutralize and, and get rid of, which is, I think, why it's so important for us to, you know, really view stuff through, you know, an integrative lens so we can just start to see the, you know, the, the limitations of what has come before it and even implement, you know, earlier stages of development, which had, you know, still a lot of truth to them. Uh, and a lot of, you know, amazing things came out of, you know, earlier stages of development. But, you know, and that's that's ultimately what happens at lower stages of development than the integral stage um, is that we don't we can't see the truth in the stages that came before. And you know, going back to what you were saying about rough and tumble, and you know, I sort of was then linking that into um, you know 
having a healthy male role model in your life, you know, preferably, you know, preferably a father figure, you know, that you can rough and tumble with. And, you know, and this is where boys can learn empathy from men. And this goes back to our talk last week, Nick, when we were talking about fatherhood. And, you know, you don't classically think of boys learning empathy from their father. But, you know, within a rough, within a game of rough and tumble, you know, if they do something that's outside of the boundaries, i.e., you know, kick in the face or a punch in the face or whatever it might be, then, you know, the dad can very much kind of go, you know what, you know, you just crossed a boundary there, that's not on, I don't want you to do it again. And it's, that's building, building empathy, uh, you know, in a, in a boy. And, you know, I'm just going to... responsibility as well. Yeah, responsibility, consequences of actions, you know, it's that cause and effect, um, you know, uh, you know, which we, which we all need to learn. And um, I just wanted to sort of maybe steer us a little bit towards the emotional intelligence side of things as well and you know that I mean that's heavily linked into empathy uh, you know empathy is predominantly an emotional intelligence skill um, and drawing on a, a bit of a, a personal experience of my own uh, journey with anger um, and you know how I never really owned anger and it was very much a shadow element you know for me um, for, you know, I, I learned very quickly at a young age that it was going to be dangerous for me to get angry. Um, and so, you know, I just very much had to suppress, hide and deny it. And I, I carried that emotional holding pattern, you know, very much, you know, and I still have it. And I still, you know, I'm working with really working with my healthy anger. Um, but it, it, it used to come out in very covert ways. You know, what we don't express uh, or what we suppress, you know, we we get to keep, or what we suppress, you know, we 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 often act out in very covert, well, not so covert ways, because because for me it was coming out in quite dysfunctional ways on the football pitch, um, and that's where my anger was really, you know, coming out, and I'd be having fights on the football pitch, or you know, really getting quite violent towards other people, and it was, you know, it was very much I linked it into a, a suppression of my anger. Um, but that's kind of where it was almost acceptable, kind of, for it to come out, in a sense. Um, and, you know, obviously not acceptable. And I got myself sent off, um, you know, uh, once, I remember. And other times I've been very lucky not to get, you know, sent off for, you know, violent conduct and retaliating. But, you know, now I've got a much healthier relationship with my anger. Um, it doesn't boil over into aggression and hostility like that, you know, and like what we're seeing on our, you know, on our streets late at night. So for me, a big part of it is, you know, not only looking at our wounds, you know, from childhood, you know, that our father might not have been around. Uh, and we've equated that as a child to, you know, not being worthy uh, and not being worthy of our dad's time and energy. Um, uh, but, you know, so really working a lot with that, that, that area of our, of our deep hurt because ultimately underneath anger is some kind of fear or grief yeah. uh, and then there's something that we deeply care about that's going to be kind of a little bit deeper than that so you know anger is quite a in, in a sense quite a superficial sort of first reaction yeah. um, if we can take time to sort of drop in below anger you know there'll be some fear or grief you know like the, the example I just sort of shared there was you know, maybe grief around, you know, a loss of connection with our father. Um, and underneath that, you know, is, you know, I, I really have a deep sense of caring about, you know, belonging, belonging to this family, belonging to my tribe, having quality time with my dad. You know, that's, that's where these anger issues potentially stem from. 
but then also you know looking into really working skillfully with our anger because again culturally we have a real problem with anger in our society and you know it's either anger in uh, or it's anger out and when it's anger out it's not done very skillfully and it's, it boils over into aggression and hostility so for me a, a big part of it lays around you know becoming much more skillful and driving it into our schools you know this emotional intelligence training you know that's where it needs to happen not when they're not when they're in prison you know because they've just killed someone you know that's kind of bolting the uh, it's, bolting, then, isn't it? it's bolting the stable door you know once the horse is on kind of thing <laughs> um, so i think there's a lot of great work that we can do up in that upper left you know quadrant um, as well as all the other stuff that we've that we've mentioned but you know and it's yeah so and having unfortunately having a bit of because I've I've had a bit of uh, um, a bit of exposure to the education system, so I've seen what pressures they're under, um, and it's all about grades. Unfortunately, it's not about uh, people. It's not about trying to actually nurture healthy young individuals into into healthy mature individuals. Um, it's all about how can we get our numbers um, so we can squeeze whatever minuscule amount of funding we can get out of the government. Because um, the higher the grades, the more funding that they'll get. Um, so it's a real, it's, it, it's that I feel is one of the, the most important, one of the most critical areas where we need to really start making some drastic changes is in how we educate how we, not only how we educate uh, young boys, but how we educate young people in general. You know, what's most important? What are the values that we're instilling into these young people? And, you know, as we, we, we talked about last week, the, the, what we're seeing very, very clearly is that the education system is absolutely failing young boys and it is creating these, these disturbed and, and un, unhappy and... Uh, psychologically unfit young men who which is why we're seeing such an increase in suicide amongst young men at that age and why we're seeing such an increase in in violence you know it's it's violence outward or inward they're both the same thing and they both come from the same root cause you know it's a disconnection with our sense of self it's a disconnection with our sense of worth in the world and like like you talked about the you know if the 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 boy as he's evolving you know he's he absolutely needs to prove himself to his male elders to his father and if father's not around or there's no replacement for father to prove himself to who do who who does he get, prove himself to which is why we see you know mid 30 40 year old men that are still acting out uh, an unhealthy hero um shadow uh, and trying to prove themselves by bullying 18-year-old boys and killing them, you know. Um, but I think, and this is where I really want to really, really emphasize this point, is the fact that, you know, yes, this guy made a stupid mistake. Yes, he's, you know, willfully taken the life of a young individual and ruined a family and all of his friends. And yes, he's absolutely 100% responsible for that but we need to not con condemn 
the perpetrator as well. We need to look at them as a as a you know here's an opportunity to actually look at this and learn something from this young man from this man what's going on for him so we can then take that example and actually look at what's going on at, within the lives of, of of violent men you know ask these questions in the jails in the prisons in the juvenile detention centers um what is it what's going on inside of you that is leading you to act in a violent manner towards other people and then we'll learn a lot I'm sure yeah absolutely and you know we can, I think we can learn a lot about ourselves in that situation and you know what we project onto you know these people that are oh, violent yeah, and yeah. you know there's, there's a lot of shadow material for us you know that we can learn as well about repressed anger in ourselves uh, yeah. you know which might not come out as a killing, uh, but it comes out maybe in passive-aggressive uh, ways uh, in relationship, at work, yeah. uh, on ourselves, uh, you know, violence, you know, psychological, emotional violence on ourselves and others. So as much as we might not be physically violent, you know, certainly we can work with the charge that we have around, you know, the perpetrators of these, you know, violent crimes and, you know, do some, do some very useful inner work on ourselves and, you know, hopefully help to make a... A bit of a you know a bit of a difference ourselves by being good role models you know and that's kind of how we can start to give back I think so do you want to talk about maybe the program that you have in mind Nick I think that's uh, I think that's you know, yeah so I'd love to actually I'm, um, I've got a, a, a young man's program a boys to men program called the new man project um, which looks at some of these issues it's for boys 12 to 16 maybe they're experiencing some challenges uh, maybe not maybe they've got a, a very healthy home life and um but maybe not as well uh so it's it's um a six-week program looking at emotional awareness looking at communication looking at conf conflict resolution looking at some of these really really important life skills which I, I think are totally lacking from their education but it gives also gives them an opportunity to challenge each other um to 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 check in with each other and look at and question what um, as a group what are your challenges what are your edges that you're facing how are you dealing with certain situations so the boys can then learn from each other um, and then and then later in the year that I'll have a, a weekend bush camp where they go out and actually do do a, a bit of physical activity out in the in the wild and and some challenges and uh, a bit of a rite of passage ceremony as well so that the information for that is available on my website, the New Man Project. So if you go to soulcraft.com.au, you can check that out. Um, it's a very valuable project. Fantastic. That sounds that sounds awesome. Just you know, just what we just what we're missing in our schools and our current education programs. So that sounds amazing. I think there's another one uh, down in Melbourne. I don't know if it's up in Sydney. Like Pathways to Manhood as well. Oh, yeah, Pathways is um, that. Yeah, they 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 operate in northern uh, Sydney as well. Oh, okay, fair enough. Which sounds like a you know a great a great thing as well. And uh, I mean, I'm personally I'm working. I'm I'm in a mentoring program. Um, I am mentoring uh, a young boy uh, who's about eight or nine years old, and that's through a charity called Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, which is just again um, 
you know, a great way that we can, you know, start to create healthy male role models in the lives of these, you know, young men that might be slipping through the net and hopefully catch them before it's, you know, too late. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I also run men's groups uh, and we are looking for new recruits uh, within men's group, uh, within, you know, the Man Up men's group, um, you know, where we really look at how to do conscious conflict. Uh, you know, not so we end up punching each other, you know, but so we end up, you know, really being able to take responsibility for what's going on for us in the moment and, you know, come to a, actually, actually deepen your connection with the man that you're in conflict with. Uh, and that's, that's, the, I think that's got to be the true, that's got to be the, the ultimate aim of conscious conflict is deepening your connection Absolutely. with another man yep. uh, and not coming to blows and not, ending up with, you know, people dying on our streets and, you know, creating more hurt and more pain in a, in a world where, you know, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, one day we can actually, in our lifetime, potentially taste, you know, what world peace, you know, looks like and uh, not, you know, when we're never going to have be conflict free, but let's hope that we can actually do conflict in a way that doesn't come to blows or... I don't want to be conflict free, to be honest. I think conflict is a good thing. Absolutely. We get to learn new ways of doing things. If the, if everybody was uh, out of conflict all the time, but like you said, there's a there's a skillful way of dealing with conflict, and there's a not so skillful way of dealing with conflict. Yeah, sure. So, all right, Nick, let's let's wrap it up. Yeah, there. yeah. It's been a good conversation. It has. Um, and join us uh, in two weeks' time uh, for another episode of the Manifesto. Um, I'm James Minaj from the Man, from Man Up, uh, and thank you very much for joining us, uh, Nick. And uh, we'll catch up with you uh, in a in a fortnight for another episode. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening in, and thank you, James. Take care. Thanks.